0: So faith is a spiritual substance and it is through and only through the operation of faith that we activate the law of the spirit of life and through that become beneficiaries of everything, this immense inheritance that we have in God. It is only through faith. But faith is first a substance before it is an action. It is first a substance before it is an action. In the realm of the spirit, faith has substance. It has substance. So faith is part of the operation of the recreated human spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. That word faithfulness is the Greek word pistis. Pistis, which is the word faith. Faithfulness, being full of faith. Being full of faith. Gentleness, uh, self-control against such there is what? No law. Without understanding of the law of gravity and the law of lift, when these forces of the recreated human spirit are in operation no law of sin and death can hold them down they will supersede the operation of the law of sin and death every time so it says the fruit of the spirit so part of the equipment part of the fruit of the recreated human spirit Part of the capacity of the new creation is this thing called faith. Part of the capacity of the new creation is this thing called faith. Now, there are two pertinent questions that immediately come up that you should answer, which we will not answer in this session, and may become the object of a paper that I'll ask you to write in previous sessions. For those who came a bit late, I said that... um, you can do this course in one of two ways you can attend all the classes and enjoy it or if you want to take it as a course as part of um what may become or will become part of our bible school curriculum then you need to do the memory verses and do the papers i've already given one paper which is a thousand word um paper on parsing the verse romans 1:16 to 17. if you want to understand what that means see me afterwards yeah that's the first assignment but then these Uh, There are two pertinent questions that this immediately introduces. If I'm saying that faith is part of the recreated human spirit, it's part of the product of a um, um, spiritual makeup, then two relevant questions are, number one, how did they operate by faith in the Old Testament? If they weren't born again and yet operated by faith, if it is a spiritual force, how did they do it? And then number two, Uh, And this was a question that um, Olimide asked last week. He said, is faith always a gift? If it is, uh, like we are seeing here, if it is a product of the new creation makeup, yeah? um, Faith is a spiritual substance that emanates from your spiritual man. And you know, for those who were not here last week, um, the messages are available online. Have a look at highlifechurch.com. But there was a phenomenal um, um, uh, testimony uh, given by Brother Hagen years ago that I'll just say again very quickly. Um, he was—it was when he was a pastor—and there was a lady in hospital um, that he was called to come and see. You know, she was very poorly and um, she was very, very sick. And uh, he went to the hospital. Now, this testimony was given by the lady. Now, this lady was very ill, but then she died. Now, you already know where the testimony is going if this woman died, and she's given the testimony, you know, unless she came to me in my dreams. So anyway, she said she died, and, and the only way she knew she died was she's, she saw herself looking at her body on the bed. She saw these doctors running around with the paddles and everything, and, you know, and, I mean, she was, as far as she was concerned, she was alive, and she was wondering why she was looking at herself on the bed, and she was seeing all this activity of people, you know, around her body, um, and then the door opened and Pastor Hagin walked in. And she said, as soon as he walked in, she felt his faith. So, in the spirit, there was a tangible substance that she felt. Yeah? There was a, ta- there was a tangibility in the realm of the spirit. Have you ever walked into a home and known that they just had an, ar- an argument? Yeah. You walk in, everything is in place. You say, oh, welcome, how are you doing? But in the, you can feel something in the atmosphere. You see, words have spiritual tangibility. And we're going to look at that later on. Words have spiritual tangibility. Yeah? You can send your words into the future. A lot of us have used it negatively. And a lot of parents have used it negatively on their children. Where words are haunting children as they grow up. It is not just a memory. There is a force behind those words. That is is spiritually tangible. So it is a substance. That emanates from the spirit of a man. Into the realm of God. But if it is part of our new creation capacity. If faith is a spiritual force, then it means that the operation of faith is not human in its scope. And this is where we ended last week. As you've seen, we've reviewed, but we've gone into into things a little bit deeper. We have contrasted, we looked at verses that look at the Human operation of certain things and the spiritual operation. So we looked at natural hope and spiritual hope. They're very different. Yeah, And I wouldn't go through it again. The scriptures are on the the message. There's natural hope. There's spiritual hope. There is human peace. There is supernatural peace that comes from your spirit man. That mounts God over your heart even when there's no reason to be at peace. There is human faith. But then there's supernatural faith. Human faith is not spiritual. It is just the operation of the soul. Yeah? And based on information that you have received, based on what you see, feel, hear, and taste. So, for instance, you walked into this room, you looked at the chair, you didn't get the chair tested before you sat down, you just sat on it. Yeah? Because from your experience, which is accessed by your memory, um, you know that, Chairs like this are commonly used and you have proven over time that these chairs typically can support your weight. So just walk in and sit down. That is an operation of human faith. Yeah? It's based on what you can see, feel, taste, hear, and touch. And it accesses, it uses your intellect. Yeah? And then it accesses the other realm of your mind, which is your memory. And then your imagination. So your memory, you have proof that you have done this before. It worked. And then you see yourself sitting down and it supports you. Are you with me? Now, if you, you, you are given something that you have never used before, it's difficult to have human faith in it. Because you don't know how it works. You don't have experience. That is human faith. But that's different from what we're talking about. Human faith does not activate the law of the spirit of life. Because it's human. This faith we're talking about is the faith of God, which is a product of a spiritual operation. Yeah? So there are things, like I said earlier, which we normally associate with faith, that even though they happen when faith is in operation, they are not proofs of faith. So look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I know we're doing a lot of background, but this background is important. Yeah? I have not even said what faith is, but this background is so important because you would find that in our walk with the Lord and our ex- um, experience in the Christian faith, we have been taught so much and we have assumed so much that unless we interrogate these issues, um, we will still be moving ahead without false with the false notions of what faith is. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6. Now this is Paul speaking. It says, So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, and not by sight we are confident yes well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the lord now i said in a previous session that i would look at verses and don't be surprised if i come back to those verses in later sessions because in the context of what we're talking about I might look at just some aspects of a particular verse. And then in a later session, I'll come back to look at a different aspect. Okay, so this is one of those verses that we'll be coming back to. But it begins by saying we are always confident. We're always what? Confident. We're always confident. Now, what does confidence look like? Someone should give me some examples of what confidence when somebody he says we are always confident what does confidence look like boldness yes unflinching fearless fearless guaranteed assurance okay so somebody that is confident you know they are bold they are fearless they move ahead with assurance all right and and you can tell when somebody is confident right But remember what I said earlier, that just because somebody is confident does not mean that they are operating by this thing we call faith. Because how many of you know confident people that fall on their faces? Yeah? "Ah, And that guy was so confident. Why didn't it happen? You know? So, when faith is in operation, it puts us in a place of confidence. But faith is not confidence. Do you understand the point I'm making? Just because somebody looks confident and acts confident doesn't mean that they are operating by faith. The person that is operating them by faith will be confident, but in the spirit there is what? A substance. Because confidence can be human. But he says when we are operating by faith, it affects our behavior. It affects our action. But it is the faith that affects, it is that supernatural faith that affects our action. Our action is not the full sum total of what faith is. It says we are confident, verse 7 says, for we walk by faith and what? Not by sight. Now that tells us that when faith is in operation, it has nothing to do, it is not affected by anything you see because the foundation of faith is not based on sight, on physical sight. It says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. In fact, he has contrasted both together, expressing the fact that they are opposite parts of the spectrum. Yeah, So when this thing called faith is in operation, it is not based on anything you can see in this realm because it is 100% spiritual. It's 100% spiritual. You see, what you need as far as the operation of a child of God is concerned is not here. It's not in the physical realm. And the equipment God has given you to reign in life are not physical equipment. In 2 Corinthians chapter four, verse 18, I see this is why we said last week that if we're going to operate by faith, we have got to be comfortable being spiritual beings, because it is entirely spiritual. It affects the physical, it affects the natural. But the operation is a spiritual operation. And we need to be very clear on the distinction between a spiritual operation and a soulish operation or a physical operation. If we're going to experience the overcoming life that the life of faith guarantees. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So Paul in, in this 2 Corinthians 5 is saying that we are always confident because we walk by faith and not by sight. So our operation of faith is not based or informed, encouraged or discouraged by what we see. If your faith is discouraged by what you see, then it is not the faith of God. It is not a rebuke, it's just information. Yeah? It's just telling you what you've been operating with. If your faith is encouraged by what you see, it is not the faith of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, which precedes what he said in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16, let's start from 16, says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Wow. I love, you know, I've said, you know what I love. I love words that are definitive. He said, We don't lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things that are seen are temporary. But the things that are not seen are eternal. So from this passage, we see that just that there are natural things, there are spiritual things or eternal things, eternal substances. And Paul is saying that our focus is on these eternal things. And therefore... We are not moved by things that happen in the temporal realm because the physical realm is temporary, which means it is subject to what? To change. It's changeable. It's changeable. So when we are operating by faith, you know, scientists say that only 5% of the universe can be seen. Now, that is a phenomenal statement. They have discovered, you see, true science does not negate scripture. In fact, true science eventually catches up with what the Bible says. Now, it says that science tells us, and you can Google this very easy, that only 5% of the universe, that is only 5% of the universe that we've been able to interact with, 95% is made of something known as dark matter. Dark matter. We know it is there, but we can't see it, we can't touch it, we can't feel it, we can't taste it, we can't perceive it. But we know it's there. Right? Only 5%. So, Paul says we're not operating in the realm of the scene, the 5%. What we are using is accessing a realm that is eternal and through our activities in that realm, it would affect what happens in this realm. We walk by faith, and what? Not by sight. So when faith is in operation, it is not based on perceptible things. It is not based on probability. It is not based on impressions as far as things we can see, feel, taste, or touch are concerned. Because its root, its source is not from here it is not from here it is 100% in the eternal realm look at um, Romans chapter 4 verse 19 I like Romans 4 because it gives an example of a man like you and I who unleashed this power of faith in Romans chapter 4 verse I'll start with verse 16 Let's see. It says, therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So us all, as in you and I as well. He's given an example that we can follow. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who he believed. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who contrary to hope, in hope, believed. So we see the two kinds of hope there. Contrary to natural hope, this was a hopeless situation, it was 90 years old. There was something that he received that activated spiritual hope. He now began to have hope, supernatural hope. Who contrary to hope, in hope, believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And being not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. Since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, Giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Now, it says contrary to hope, this was a hopeless situation naturally, he now had a different kind of hope. Now, that hope was based on something, yeah? But what I want to focus on today is that even though it was a hopeless situation, the Bible says he became. The father of many nations, because he used this thing called faith, which is supernatural. And that supernatural exercise changed the natural. Yeah If somebody has a child, when they are a hundred years old today, and their wife, who was barren all her years, um, at, ni- at 99 years old, she had a child. Doctors, you know, like imagine an 80-year-old and um, 79-year-old couple go to a doctor and say, I want to have a child. The doctor will first say, pause, let me record what you just said and then put it on Instagram. (laughs) Yeah? All right? It is foolishness. It's impossible. Even if, and then you now give them your case history. All right? Um, It's an impossible situation. But you know, because he operated according to this super... It wasn't a natural thing he used. Because naturally, it is impossible. Yeah? But because he used this supernatural power, it reconfigured what happened in the natural. And it became. It became. You have access to something that will cause the natural to become. You have something that will cause the natural to become. But really, why I brought up this verse is... It says he did not consider. Yes, he did not consider his own body already dead. He did not consider. Now, I understand what this translation is trying to say. But actually, in the original, it doesn't have the word not in there. It doesn't have the word not in there. Now, even though the the thought is the same. But it's important to understand that the knot was not in there. And it was put in at the discretion of the New, uh, of the New King James translators to explain that he, he was focused on faith. But what I want you to see is faith, whether you look at the natural or not, faith has nothing to do with that. Do you, do you understand what I mean? It is not, it is not like, oh, I'm not... It has nothing to do with what is going on in the natural because it's not based on that. Look at the New Living Translation of that verse. Verse 19 says, And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. Do you see that? It's not like he was saying, I refuse to look at my body. I refuse to look at my body. I'm not sick. 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 I'm not feeling sick. I'm not feeling sick. I'm not feeling sick. sick." He says that, Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. So Abraham was looking at his body as good as dead. He was looking at Sarah, who even in her so-called fertile years, she was barren, was now 90 years old. He knew she was barren. He knew his body was dead, but he did not weaken his faith. How is that possible? Because his faith was not based on his body. His faith was not fueled. He was not encouraged by whether, you know, sperm was produced when he had sex. He was not encouraged or discouraged by his sperm count. He was not discouraged by whether Sarah had or didn't have her monthly cycle. There is nothing to show that all of a sudden, Sarah started ovulating at 90 years old. The strength or weakness of his faith was not based on what was happening. It was not fueled by it. So even though he knew that his body was dead, even though he knew that Sarah's womb was barren, yet his faith was strengthened because his faith was not based on sight. His faith was based on something else. Do you see that? The, so the man that is walking by faith, the woman that is walking by faith has their sights set on a different reality. And when I say reality, I'm not talking about dream. I'm talking about reality. There's a substance that they are connecting with. There is something that they know. Verse 1 of Romans 4 says, what has Abraham, our father of the flesh, discovered. What has he found? He understood how to lay hold of the realities of a different realm. He understood how to unleash equipment that is the equipment of God that has the ability to go into a different realm and lay hold of substance that can reconfigure the physical. Because everything in the physical is changeable. Everything. 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 And when you are operating by this power of faith, the physical does not encourage or discourage you. And Paul says, we are always confident because we walk by faith and not by sight. In fact, even though things look worse, worse and look like they're going from bad to worse, our focus is on, this, on the eternal realm and it changes everything that we are ex- ex- experiencing in the physical is like light affliction because we are seeing the tangibility in the spirit. And you might not see today, you might not see tomorrow, but I can guarantee you that this physical is going to conform because there is a higher law that is in operation. There's a higher law in operation. In the, um, the Passion Translation, Romans 4 verse 19 says, in spite of being a hundred years old, when the promise of having a son was made, his faith was so strong that it could not be undermined by the fact that he and Sarah were incapable of conceiving a child. <laughs> He says, his faith was so strong that it could not be undermined by facts. By facts. You see, every fact that you have, a fact is a conclusion that is made based on things that you can see, hear, feel, or touch. That's a fact. That's a fact. The child is dead. It's a fact. This is a cancerous cell. In fact, look at the it's a fact. This is a tumor. It is a fact. This is a womb. This is what's happening. There are no eggs. It is a fact. You have no eye sockets. It is a fact. These are facts based on things that you can see, feel, hear, taste, and touch. But it says that even though there were facts. His faith was so strong, and it changed those facts. And when you use this spiritual power called faith, all that will happen is the doctors will say, well, we can't understand what happened. We had the x-ray. It, look, it said this. I'm mean, in fact, this is a miracle. This is a miracle. It is only a miracle because they don't understand it. The things that are called miracles are the things that phys- um, science in its current form, does not understand. That's what a miracle is. But in the realm of the spirit and in the operation of the spiritual, the miracles are not really miracles. They are the natural consequence of activating a set of laws that we have access to in the kingdom of God. And that's why there are still some places today where the little kids in the Amazon are looking up and they see a plane and they think, man, that's a miracle. Yeah, that's a mi- it's a miracle to them. It's a miracle to them. But the person that understands. So, this is an invitation that Jesus was giving his disciples. He said, embrace the God life. Really embrace it and nothing will be too much for you. Nothing will be too much for you. Because it was an invitation into accessing a different dimension of life that is spiritually spiritual to its core and it changes the natural realm so in the dynamic of faith what you can see doesn't encourage or discourage now we know from mark eleven twenty three, because in verse 22 jesus said have the god kind of faith in verse 23 he says therefore i see unto you whosoever shall say to this mountain be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things he says comes to pass. He will have whatsoever he, he says. Now, we have already established that, and he was talking about the operation of faith, wasn't he? In Mark eleven twenty three? 23. But we have already established that faith is a spiritual force. And everything in its operation is spiritual to its core. Are you with me? And even though it affects your confidence level, faith is not confidence. Yeah? So when Jesus was saying, whosoever shall say and not doubt in his heart, even though there is something called saying involved, it is not purely a physical thing. Does that make sense? And I'm saying that on the premise that faith is a spiritual force. Okay. Let's look at an example. Look at Mark chapter 5, verse
1: 25 to verse 30. A woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing um, bettered, but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith had made thee whole. Go in peace, and be whole of thy plague.
0: Okay. All right. Great. Um, I'd like us to turn to Matthew 9. So this woman, she said, if I touch the helm of this garment, I will be what? I'll be healed. And she was activating the principle of faith as given in Mark eleven. 23 right now look at matthew's rendition of it in matthew 9 20 verse 20 to 22 i'd like somebody else to read that just then
2: i'm reading from NLT. just then a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him she touched the fringe of his robe for she thought if i can just touch his robe i will be healed jesus turned around and when he, said, when he saw her,
0: he said, daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. Okay, excellent. So, the Mark 5 says, she said, if I touch the helm of his garment, I'll be healed. Yeah? Matthew's translation, the NLT says, she fought. If I touch the helm of his garment, I'll be healed. The New King James says, she said to herself, within herself. One said she said, one said she said within herself. So, faith, the operation of faith, is not merely in your words or how loud or low you speak. Are you with me? So, when, when Jesus said, whosoever shall say, he's not saying that everybody can access this apart from dumb people. A dumb person can never be healed because that dumb person cannot speak. So, that means saying goes beyond speaking. What does saying mean? What does saying mean? Because Mark's account of this incident does not contradict Matthew's account of this incident. Do you understand? Mark said, she said. Matthew said, she thought. But in both incidents, there's something that was happening that was equivalent to expressing the power of faith. So faith, which is a substance, must be expressed, but words do not... And not the only way, just because words are spoken, doesn't mean you're expressing faith. You know, in the beginning, when God said, let there be light, there was light, was there not? But when God spoke, you know there was no air. You know, sound is the result of the vibration of air molecules at a certain frequency. And this vibration hits your ears. And your ears translate the vibrations into electrical signals, which your brain interprets. That's what sound is. Okay? So, for there to be sound, for you to speak words, there must be air. You cannot, there's no sound in a vacuum. Uh, Are you tracking? You you can't just like, you know, there must be air. You are vibrating air molecules. It hits something and then it translates it into electrical impulses and you hear the words. So when God said, let there be light. and, And when Jesus said to his disciples, have the faith of God. Operate the way God operates. We know that what God said, he didn't speak English, Yoruba, Greek or Hebrew. What God said was not a sound like you hear. But there was something that happened. There was something that was emanated. This woman, she said within herself. But that action she took within herself generated something in the spirit. And when she touched Jesus, it wasn't the fact that she touched him. It was the fact that there was something that was being generated there was a spiritual force being generated because Jesus was not the only person that was touched that day. It was not the touch. It was not the fact that she said it 50 times. It was not the fact that everybody knew that her faith was strong. No, there was something in the realm of the spirit that was happening. Nobody knew what was going on. Nobody heard any sound. But in the spirit, there was something that had been released in the heart of this woman, from the spirit of this woman. And this thing, when she touched Jesus, this thing pulled on a spiritual substance. Jesus felt in his body, virtue flow out of him. This is spiritual healing power that flowed out of Jesus. And he felt it. And he said, who touched me? And they were saying, everyone is touching you. They didn't understand. Somebody had penetrated the glory realm the realm of God and had laid hold of the provision of God for her so even when we are talking about speaking we're not just talking about words you understand what I'm saying we're not just talking about words and we're going to delve deeper into this next week we have 15 minutes for questions Yeah, our memory verse for this session would be Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 to 7. Okay, so we have 15 minutes to engage. If you have a question, just raise your hands. The guys will give you um, a mic, and then we will try to deal with the questions in 15 minutes. I, I okay, have a yes, question. Sorry.
2: Yeah. Okay, so we've heard about confessions, yeah. like if you want something or you really want something, so you keep confessing until it takes hold yes and so i i've always believed that you have to actually be speaking out mm-hmm. but this lady spoke within herself yes so i'm just trying to to marry both to marry both yes <laughs> Thank okay
0: you. that's good it's a good marriage <laughs> you know like like i said um you know we're, we're going to be looking at all these things, and it's a, it's, it's a step-by-step process. So I wouldn't want to jump ahead of myself, but we're going to examine that. It's a very good question, you know, and, um, and, and I'm glad you asked the question because it's showing us that we need to examine what we're doing, why we're doing. And if we know it's a spiritual, it's spiritual, then what does that have to do with our confession? What does confession actually mean? Do you understand? What does confession actually mean? Are we doing things in a way that affects the spiritual dynamic? You know, there are people who, um, for instance, make confessions because they are afraid. You know, for instance, somebody's told that, you know, you have a tumor, maybe first stage cancer, and it can be operated on. And they say, no, in Jesus' name, I'm not going to be operated on. Um, And they start confessing in their homes that I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm not sick, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. Now, when you look at the x-ray of that, and you look at that person's life in the spirit, what do you see? In certain cases, the only reason why they are saying those words is because they are afraid of surgery. Yeah? Yeah? So, those words, I am healed, I am healed, I am healed, come out of a foundation of fear. It's not based on sight that they have seen. There is nothing that is accessing the realm of the spirit in that whole thing that is going on. Do you understand? It is purely a physical action to placate their fear uh, and you know, and to you know, to create some kind of some kind of illusion, because they are afraid of confronting a surgery. Yeah, so whatever one does, the important thing is to take an X-ray of it and see what is actually going on. Yeah, because when Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty-three, um, he shall say to this mountain, "Be thou removed and be cast into the sea," and do not and does not doubt in his heart. The heart is not a physical thing. The heart is part of your spiritual component. So, this speaking comes out of a heart. It comes out of a heart. And that heart is the spiritual makeup. It's coming from a deep well that is spiritual to its core. Yeah? Um, so, if it's not coming from that well, then what you are speaking, is not expressing anything. Does that make sense? Even though you might be saying words that mean something to somebody, what your words contain is not life.
2: Okay, two quick questions. One yes. is um, when, we, when, we, when we look at the, the scripture you read what we talked about. Scripture um, where? The scripture you read. Okay, direct. You know yes. that um, G- Jesus' disciples told him, Increase our faith. Yes. And then Jesus then said, If you have faith, as the most that's it. Yes. Okay, so I'm not sure if I heard you right, but I think. What you've said and i think i also heard that said before that jesus by saying that showed that it wasn't about the size of the faith okay okay but i'm but I, we also see other scriptures where jesus talked about people having little faith yes we see scriptures where paul talks about um that, that he saw that their faith grew yes. and that their faith increased so i'm yes. saying that, that when jesus, when jesus said yes. if you had faith as a mustard seed was yes. is it possible that he was he talking about the size of the mustard seed or talking about the fact that the mustard seed could grow or in something else, I don't know. So I, I, I want to marry those two yeah. perspectives. That's one. The second one is um, the issue of faith being. So the example you gave from Luke, chap, I mean Romans chapter four, yes. where because Abraham had faith, he what he saw, whether it looked positive or negative, didn't affect his faith anymore. Yes. Yes. Okay. So if I look at another example, yes. I would like that thought to be transcribed by another example, which is Peter mm-hmm. and. Jesus said, come. In fact, it was Peter that started this discussion and yes. said, if it is you, tell me to come. Mm-hmm. In my mind, he said that in faith. Yes. And when Jesus said, come, he actually began to walk on water. Mm-hmm. But then he saw something else. Yeah. So is it possible that we can actually start in faith, but if we don't maintain the faith, something can happen? Mm-hmm. Or no matter what, if we start in faith, nothing can change it? That, those are the Absolutely. two questions.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think the, the, those are very good questions. Um, the the one the Peter's example I I really like that example because it also um, illustrates the principle. Yeah, um, Peter was responding to what Jesus had said. Yeah, and he made a because Peter walked on the word of God. Yeah, the word of God was the fuel of his faith. But then he looked at the winds. Now, what's interesting about that example is because even if there were no winds, on a calm day, you can't walk on water, you know? So, the things that had nothing to do with the operation of faith was what actually distracted Peter. He took his eyes off the source of his faith. You know, I remember a time when, um, you know, Anita and I were in the States and we are believing God for some money. This was years ago when we were in Bible school. Not that we don't believe God for money anymore; we still do, but <laughs> well, the amounts are a lot different. Um, but we're believing God for a thousand dollars, and we began to meditate in God's word and and found our hearts on the word and speak the word, you know, concerning that. Um, and I remember a day when we're praying, and in fact, I was uh, I was meditating on Hebrews eleven five that says that um that I'll not in any way fail you know give you up nor leave you without support. I'll not in I will not I'll not I'll not, not in any degree leave you helpless and let you down or relax my hold on you assuredly not. You know I was, I was meditating on that thus and I was establishing my heart on that truth of what God had said that he would not abandon me, he will not fail us. And and I was focusing on that and 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 praying into that and meditating on that and speaking that. Now, every while I was saying that, in my heart, in my mind, there was this bombardment of the enemy. You're going to be exposed for a fraud. Your wife is going to know that you, haven't, you don't know what you're doing. Um, you know, in this Bible school, you're one of the few black people. You're going to disgrace Nigeria. You're going to disgrace. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm just explaining. Why are you laughing? I'm telling you what happened to me. (laughs) You're going to disgrace Nigeria. They're going to know you black people are not credible. You're going to. All this was going on in my mind. Now, I've talked. I I mentioned last week that as we go into this, you'll see how to divide the soul and the spirit. Yeah, the soul and the spirit. Because faith has nothing to do with what you can see. Yeah. And I just began to maintain my, my, my focus on the Lord. And, and then there was this knock on the door. And this lady said, she was one of our Bible school students. And of course, in Bible school, I mean, we look like the way we look now. I can show you pictures. We still have pictures, you know. So no one knew that we needed money. So she knocked on our door and said, You know, someone just blessed me with a lot of money. I think it was about $10,000. And for some reason, I had you guys on my mind. For some reason, I don't know why. In fact, this lady, I can tell you, my name is Jan Thornton. I mean, you know, at the door, she was embarrassed to knock because she felt like, I mean, I'm sorry. (laughs) You know, I'm really sorry. I don't know if you guys, I just had you on my heart for some reason. But, you know, I've just been blessed with some money and I'd just like to bless you guys. So I said, please come in. (laughs) I said, please come in, come in. So she said, no, I I don't want to stay. I I said, okay, let me have it. I'll pray with you. We prayed with her, blessed her. You know, I've learned that whenever someone gives you something, never open the envelope, you know. So prayed with her, blessed her, and she left. And as soon as she left, I opened the envelope, and it was $1,000. Exactly what we needed. Now, we had that happen a lot of different times, and I'll give you a lot of different examples as we go. But the reason I bring that story up is that while she was walking to our apartment, when we were in our apartment and we were speaking the word, the devil was bombarding my mind with how fake I was. At any point, if I had said, you know what, neither, that's it. Let's carry our luggage. I can't do this anymore. Let's go. At any point, if we had done that, that lady, as she was walking to our apartment, could have just thought, you know what, why am I even, these guys don't need this thing. Yeah? These guys don't need this thing. So, the the thing is, when you are operating by faith, yeah, there is an end to your faith. Which is the result that God has guaranteed. Yeah? Is it Luke chapter 2 when Elizabeth was talking, she was saying that blessed is he who believed. For there will be a performance of those things that the Lord has said. Yeah? Blessed is he who believed. It's like, I'm sure if we look at it, we'll see that it's a perfect tense. Where it's something, an action in the past. That has continuing, is like a, a, a continuing thing. It's not just an act that you did a while ago. It is something that you did and you are maintaining. Do you understand? Because it's a process to bring that thing from the unrealities of hope or the reality of the spirit realm and bring it into the realm of the physical. Yeah? And it requires that engagement of faith. Yeah? So that's an example to show that exactly what happened to Peter, where he had the right focus, which was based on the word, and he was walking on the word. But at some point, he began to walk by sight and not by faith. And that action, I mean, it's a little bit like having a hose. I don't know if you ever washed your car, or watered your garden, or used a hose. You can have a hose where you connect the hose to a source, which has water in it. And then at the other end, The water is not coming out. You check the source, the water is there, it's coming through, but at the other end, the water doesn't come out. Why? Because sometimes there can be a kink in the hose. And a kink is when the hose is bent and it truncates the flow of water. Yeah? And it's almost like immediate. When there's a kink, it just stops. All right? And that is what the operation of faith is like. Yeah, we need to we need to keep our faith connection. The the first question you asked um, was about. Little faith and and great faith, and that example of um, faith as a servant. Uh, I think what I wanted to focus on in that example was the fact that um, Jesus was saying, "If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed." So we can look at it like, if you have a grain of mustard seed, do you complain about the size of the seed? If you want a seed seed to produce. Is the, the productive capacity of the seed based on the size? No. What is it based on? Life in the seed and what you, what you do with it. They were saying, Lord, increase our faith. But he said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, if you just, rather than focusing on increasing your faith, that is not to negate the fact that faith will grow. Does that make sense? But in this example, we are focusing on the fact that rather than focusing on growing your faith, let us focus on planting our faith. Because if you plant that faith, and then he immediately started talking about a servant, yeah, he didn't change his mind. He said, Plant that faith, use your faith, send your faith as a servant. You have faith. You have, like, like an airplane, you have the capacity. To activate the law of lift. Stop worrying about whether you are, you, are, you, are, you are flying a Cessna or, you know, a single engine or you have a Trump, you know, 757. Uh, five, five, seven. No. Just, you have the capacity. Let's focus first on planting it. The one you have. If you plant it and you sow it, it will become a tree. There will be fruit that will come out of the thing that you have. Let us focus on it and use it. We'll talk about the other bits later, but for the purpose of that example, that was the focus. Okay, thank you so much, and see you next week.